Hello everybody, welcome to the Wicked Side, this is Brenna. Hey everybody, this is Tom. And uh, we just wanted to issue a trigger warning, because like always, this is a dark history podcast. Sometimes we're going to talk about things that are a little gory, a little depressing, a little distressing, so no sensitive ears around. Yep, no uptight bosses, no kids, folks. Have a good one. Welcome to the Wicked Side. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wicked Side. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I feel nice. You fed me and you got me tea. I'm all happy now. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, we're in a very content place. Nice. Yeah. And now I'm about <sighs> to ruin your day. <laughs> oh, oh boy. This is not going to be a fun trip in the time machine. Um, It's going to be an interesting one. All right. <laughs> I don't know that any of these are really fun fun per se like i don't know being a dude to death with the bodar was great <laughs> um you know we've done a, 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 a few interesting things in this time machine i've invented quite a few things <laughs> i'm holding patents at this point uh you can call me doctor now uh-huh. <laughs> this is pretty great i i had a feeling you were really gonna like dr stapp so i was really happy to get yeah to no no him. you know a man of genius for the for the people who is always interested in in safety and then putting himself you know in in harm's way in order to accomplish that goal and not yeah. just putting up the monkeys or the you know or the somebody else but yeah. sticking your hand up to be the one like that it, it takes balls to, to to do that. Yeah, again, so I, that's why he's probably as close to a hero as I have. So, fair enough. I'm glad we covered him. Yeah. Today's episode, though. Um, so we're flipping things around a bit on you. Oh right? boy. Yeah. Now I don't believe you know who this person is. So, but I'm still gonna not say the name in case the audience might know, or if they want to guess themselves. Also, for the record, I do want to repeat our trigger warning. This episode might not be for everyone. This is your final warning to turn back now because things get a bit heavy. All right, let's go. Yep, yep, yep. So this time you're a female. You're born December 27th in 1957 in Hidalgo, Mexico, a rural area outside of Mexico City. Okay, all right. Unfortunately, you're born into extreme poverty and you don't know who your father is. Oh yeah, we're definitely taking a step back here. Mm Mm-hmm. Your mother actually leaves him after having an affair with a married man. He eventually divorces his wife and they marries your mother. Okay. Your mother is an abusive alcoholic, however, who Ooh. constantly beats you. All right. Well, we are just betting a thousand right now. Yeah. She also refuses to get you educated and won't teach you how to read or write. Okay. Yeah. Your young life is hard and awful and full of trauma and neglect. Yeah, it didn't sound like it was going too swimmingly. No, not at all. It's also said that your mother would do anything for alcohol, and unfortunately, we do mean anything. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Infer what you may. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. When you are between the ages of 12 to 13, she sells you to a man in his 30s. Though it's not confirmed the exact amount, but it's believed to be for three bottles of beer. Oh, wow. You were... I hope they were like name brand beers at least. Like maybe you got no. some. You didn't just get I, them. She sounds like the kind of person, honestly, that would drink mouthwash if she thought it was yeah. going to get her. So, <sighs> yeah. Sadly, you at first don't believe that it's real. You think it's all a cruel joke or some sort of misunderstanding. Unfortunately, it's not. The monster named 
Jose Lugo takes you to his house, and even then, you wait. You think your mother, or at least your stepfather, who you believed cared for you, would show up eventually. Nobody comes to your rescue. In fact, no one would come to save you for another five long years. Yeah. In those five years, you are raped repeatedly. Oh. From this abuse, you get pregnant twice. Oh, man. Once at the age of 13, and again at the age of 16, both ended miscarriages. Your rescue eventually comes in the form of your uncles, who had been searching for you for a while. It turns out that your mother had been lying to the family the whole time and told them that you ran away. Ah. Yeah. Well, at least somebody out there has got your back. Yeah. But the trauma of being sold as a sexual slave gets you a deep-seated hatred for older women. I don't really know that anybody could blame you after that. No. Yeah, you kind of... It's an acceptable yeah. tick at that point. Yeah. Oof. Told you this one got yeah. heavy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not so happy I took this ride. <laughs> Eventually, your life goes on. Your mother dies of cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, well, at least she, you know, didn't go quietly. Like, mm. She didn't get some dignified death in her sleep or anything. Like, no. that had to hurt. So you, you run it basically to Mexico City. There you survive by working odd jobs. However, you eventually find a wrestling company, and you spend much of the 80s and 90s working for them. And this is where you find your passion. You love Lucha Libre. Nice. You can be found selling popcorn or other, you know, sort of yeah, stadium food, merch. basically. Okay. Yeah, merch, stadium food. Your vendor, basically, during the day. You do this mainly to supplement your income. However, sometimes at night, you get to step into the amateur ring as a Rudo, or a luchador equivalent of a villain or bad guy. In fact, in a TV interview, you call yourself Rudo to the core. Your wrestling persona is La Dama di Silencio, the Lady of Silence. Okay. You claim to call yourself this because I'm quiet and I keep myself to myself. Mm-hmm. You're 5'7", and you have a very muscular build. While in the ring, you wear a bright pink and silver spandex costume, and a dramatic matching butterfly mask. I've always wanted one. <laughs> right? I can see you rocking Let's it. Let's do this. <laughs> but unfortunately, your wrestling career never really takes off. During this time, you're married and divorced a few times, and you have four children. Heartbreakingly, at some point, your oldest son is beaten to death during a brutal mugging. Ugh. Wow. Yeah. So you Ugh. lead a hard and, and very traumatizing yeah. existence i would have to say so that's mm-hmm. uh an unlucky roll of the dice it seems yeah eventually to take care of your remaining children you turn toward less than honest means you start with shoplifting around 1995 after your fourth child is born but this just isn't enough eventually you and a friend and i'm gonna try to say this as best i can but i believe it's arasili arasili A-R-A-C-E-L-I, Tapia Martinez. And together, the two of you dress up as nurses. You then talk your way into the homes of the elderly, claiming to be there to assess them for potential like government benefits, welfare, things like that. Okay. Um, And then while you're in the house, (laughs) you rob them blind. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, a little... uh, Oh, who's the... uh, the two who drove off the cliff together. The, uh, Delma and Louise. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, not so much. 
Alright. Yeah. Eventually your partner's crime uh, your partner in crime's boyfriend. Uh Moses Flores de Dominguez? Dominguez. Dominguez. Mm. I'm so sorry to all our Spanish-speaking people out there. We love you, and I'm sorry I'm bad at this. <laughs> um, he is a corrupt cop, and he extorts 12,000 pesos out of you after ambushing you outside of the one of your victim's homes. He threatens to un- arrest you unless you pay him. It turns out your partner was in on this plan. Oh, boy. Yeah. And this, you know, understandably, effectively ends your partnership. I say the stumble Louise went to Bonnie and Clyde real quick. Mm-hmm. You decide to start going it alone, though. And in the end of the 90s and into the 2000s, you have to retire as a wrestler. This makes your financial situation even worse. Uh, desperate people. Yeah. Now, something interesting is going on in Mexico City at this time. Starting in 1988, there was a string of elderly people who were brutally murdered in their own homes. The police insist that the deaths aren't related, mostly because it would make them look bad. Fair enough. But the press, however, speculates that Mexico City has a serial killer on the loose. They dub the specter, and again, forgive me, El Matavitas, or the old lady killer. Oh, okay. I swear, I think like 60% of our listeners have to listen just to hear me mispronounce stuff terribly. I mean, I like to sit back. It's part of what I enjoy about it. It's part of my charm. (laughs) It's something I enjoy about this process, I would have to say. Uh, It's believed a man is somehow getting into the homes of elderly ladies and robbing and killing them. Eventually, this leads you to the door and... Oh my God, these names. (laughs) Just... You can Wait. do it. You, you can do it. Eventually, this leads to you to the door of Maria de la Luis Gonzalez Anaya on November 25th of 2002. The 64-year-old woman lets you in believing you are a social worker set to help her fill out forms for financial aid. While inside, you claim Gonzalez made some very rude and derogatory comments to you. And apparently, this sets you off. You beat her to a pulp before you strangle her with your bare hands. Oh, shit. You say later, when I saw them, I felt so much anger. And more, when they acted uppity and believed that because their money, because of their money, they could humiliate me. Ah. Yeah. So this this hatred for old ladies is deep at this point. Deep-seated. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. To kind of give you an idea, too. Mm-hmm. In all of the crimes and everything that I research, I don't ever look at pictures of the bodies. Oh. Because I don't want that in my yeah, head. Yeah, fair enough. I don't want it in my head. However, I, when I was doing research, there was a little bit of lag. Mm-hmm. And I accidentally clicked on a link to one of the pictures. Whoops. And I really wish I hadn't. Because strangling is not a pretty death at all yeah i wouldn't imagine it's really ugly and it's really horrific and i don't recommend viewing it if you want to sleep so, so you got to maintain a lot of like hate yes. for a long amount of time with some physicality and, uh. yeah yeah you feel flee the scene and for months you don't kill again however it's believed the press coverage of the killer the old lady killer because i'm not trying to say that again inspires <laughs> you Okay. Your next victim is 84-year-old... Okay. Here we go again. Bracing myself. 
Gulera Mina Leon Oferenza on March 2nd of 2003. Your third is Maria Guadalupe Aguilar Cortina, who was 84 in July. Your fourth is Maria Guadalupe de la Vega Morales. She was found tied to a chair with both her arms fractured. Oh, wow. Yeah. On October 9th, uh, on October 9th. She really was the real villain. Mm-hmm. The fifth was Maria de la Carmen Manoz Cote de Galavan. Oh, yeah. Good job there. <laughs> I could not have said that with more of an obnoxious American accent. And I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Would you like some pumpkin spice with that white girl? Exactly. Spanish is such a beautiful language, too. Like, and you just butchered and it. And I just, I slaughtered it, and I'm so sorry. You did what she did to old ladies to Shut that name. You <laughs> dick. Uh, you're not wrong, but <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Such an asshole. Oh, God. Alright. I'm out here strangling old ladies. What's up? You keep strangling these names. I'll keep strangling these old ladies. Oh, God. Anyway, the sixth one, who you murdered two weeks after your last... Oh, man. Yeah, is 85-year-old Lucretia Elsa Calvo... Mm, oh, yeah? Mar- Marto Quinn? Fuck you. Who you apparently struggle strangle with a power cord. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. I, I am creative at this point. Um, I think it's it's almost more like weapons of opportunity, you know. I would, I quote unquote am a wrestler, mm-hmm. former either way, of a muscular yes. build. Yes. Easily athletic. Yes. Could do it literally with my bare hands. Did it the first time with my bare hands. Yeah. She's changing it up because she's bored. I mean, yeah, maybe possible. the opportunity is the thing, but like that plays into the boredom. She's just like. I did it this way last time. Like, I broke some arms. I Yeah. Oh, man. To, to me, and I think to a lot of people, um, we all kind of came to the same conclusion that these women are essentially proxies for her mother. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every one of them she sees her mom's face on, I'm sure. Yeah. And all that rage and that hurt and that everything that she's had to keep inside and bottled and, you know... I mean, because with that poverty level and, I don't know, I mean, health care, mental health care isn't really prominent anywhere in the Americas, so I can't imagine she got any help, any counseling. I mean, it took her family five years, you know? I, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Needless to say, the police couldn't deny a serial killer existed now. Especially because of the method of all the murders. They all seem to be the same. They're all beaten and strangled. From everything from phone cords, belts, the aforementioned power cord, and even a stethoscope. Mm. Yep. All older women, all alone in their homes. And you didn't leave much evidence behind except for a few fingerprints. And they didn't have anything to compare those to. Most people wouldn't look twice at you walking down the street with your short, neat hair and your very conservative clothing. 
You killed twice more during the end of 2003. But now, with all the paranoia and fear floating around, people were starting to notice everything. A few witnesses even report seeing someone suspicious looking around the air, lurking around the area at the time. Someone they described as wearing a female nurse's uniform. Two versions of a police sketch are rendered. The, and then the descriptions go out, claiming to be a person of interest, that they're just looking for this person to talk to, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I, we think that it was like, um, in the articles I read, it seemed to be like they believed that it was uh, in an effort to kind of stem panic. Right. You know? Community involvement, making yeah. feel like they're a part of it. Mm-hmm. They claimed they didn't want to cause a panic, yeah. So, uh, In fact, it took until 2004 for the Justice Department Chief Bernardo Batiz to admit to the press the police believed they were dealing with a serial killer. I feel like saying, duh. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. They knew. That's why they said admit. <laughs> mm-hmm. It took a, a very awfully long time. Yeah. There were between 40 to 44 more murders over the span of 2004. How many? 40 to 44. Holy shit. Rapid escalation. Yeah. The MO all seemed to match. Again, all older ladies, all strangled to death. Pamphlets were handed out to the elderly by the police, advising them to be vigilant, especially when it came to dealing with strangers. But overall, few were impressed with the efforts of the police, perhaps feeling too little too late. But one thing they did get right is how you gained access to women's homes. They did guess that. But it was somebody pretending to be like a social worker or a nurse, somebody that they trusted. Partly, too, because most of these victims were all signed up in the same program, a program called SEBUM, which was in place to assist elderly people. Okay. So... It was one thing they all kind of had in common. But they were very wrong about just about all the other details. First, they could not accept the killer might be female. Mm. Even after somebody described, even after several somebodies described a large woman leaving the victim's homes. So they began to insist that the killer was transgender or just dressed up as a woman. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) However... They went so far as to begin arresting and fingerprinting every trans sex worker they came across. Oh, jeez. Yeah. The authorities began enlisting the help of other criminal profilers, and the profile was given as this. A man with homosexual preferences, a victim of childhood psychological abuse that lives surrounded by women. He could have had a grandmother or lived with an elderly person that was that has resentment to that feminine figure and possesses great intelligence. See, everything about that was right except for the homosexual male. It's a, for all intents and purposes, multiple times divorced, uh, heterosexual female. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Yeah, I don't know either about the um, the great intelligence thing. I don't think she was stupid, but I don't know that she possessed any... Any notable intelligence either. Nothing that I read or or research indicated that. I feel like a lot of times police tack that on or profilers tack that on to serial killers when it's not necessarily deserved. Well, I mean, above average doesn't mean a whole lot. You know what I mean? 
Well, this just possesses great intelligence. Oh, fair enough. So. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know that I agree with that. But, yeah, yeah, she could be above average. I mean, to even be in that job type, you know, you can't be terribly stupid. Mm-hmm. Despite many witnesses describing you as a woman okay. with slightly masculine features, the authorities, even the press, just could not wrap their hand, heads around the idea of a female serial killer. They even at one point began fingerprinting trans people who were in the morgue and compare the fingerprints that, to what they had, apparently thinking, with all the pressure that's being put on them and putting on you, that maybe it caused you to put yourself down for a permanent nap. Oh, jeez. You know? Yeah. Because there was a short lull where nothing happened. Ugh. So. I mean, you've got a body count that, like, at this point. Mm-hmm. Holy smack. Yeah. And a, a good part of why you were so able to get away with it was so, for so long is purely this reason. No matter what the police were told, they would not look for a woman. They wouldn't. Uh, yeah. Once, yeah, that's uh, sexual bias, yo. You know, mm-hmm. you know all, all men are killers, all women are victims. It could be the other way around. That's why. Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, the, the physical abuse of men in relationships, domestic violence against men in relationships, often unreported, like happens a gross amount of times. Mm-hmm. Like ah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's. In this case, it's, it's it, especially for her victims, there were so many women that maybe could have been saved. Yeah. You know, if she had just been taken off the streets earlier. Well, if they were even have said it, or I mean, who knows, if they would have hinted that they knew it was a female or something, maybe she yeah. would have slowed up. Because she already slowed up a couple of times because of the heat, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Unfortunately, you were confident, and I mean, why wouldn't you be? Despite having your description and sketches, the police weren't looking for you. You were so confident, in fact, that during the height of the search, you went on national television to be interviewed about your career as a luchadora. Your face was literally seen by a good portion of the country, and no one drew the parallel. Uh, not civilian, not police, nobody. That is crazy. Yeah. You, yeah, you were uh, pretty ballsy at that point. Yeah. It didn't, in fact, it seemed like hunting you down didn't really seem like a huge priority until you picked the wrong victim. In September of 2005, Maria Del Carmen Camilla Gonzalez Miguel, who was the mother of criminologist Luis Gonzalez. Oh, well. Yeah. It's unfortunate that's what it took, but here we go. You done pulled the wrong string. Mm-hmm. It was his outrage that finally led to the formation of a task force to hunt you down. This task force launched a campaign they called Operation Parks and Gardens. I do have the Spanish. I'm just not going to try it. Oh, yeah? I think I've insulted the language <laughs> enough for one day. You're going to take a break like she took gonna, a break from strangling the old ladies? <laughs> Such a dick. <laughs> You've done butchering that poor language. You ready to apologize? Oh my god, I have apologized several times. I don't think it'll be enough. Oh, probably not. <laughs> I'm not saying I can do better, but it's fun beating you over that. <laughs> you know what? Uh, anyway, 
they tried baiting you by hiring old ladies to basically stand around in parks all day, like, trying to lure you out. Okay. Because they figured that you've probably seen the old ladies in the park and then followed them home, I guess, is kind of their thought. Okay. Um, but this doesn't work. Meanwhile, you killed again in September and October. Jesus. And then for some reason you decided to lay low. And then you make your big mistake. January 25th of 2006, you target Ana Maria de los Reyes Alfaro. Okay. Who is 84. And unfortunately for you, she didn't live alone. She had a tenant who lived with her. You gained entry by asking for a glass of water. While she was doing this, you picked up a stethoscope that happened to be sitting on the table and you strangled her to death. Afterwards, you flee, but her tenant returns and he sees you running out of the apartment he decided to check on his landlady and found her dead aware of the killings going on he flagged down a passing police patrol that happened to be in the area and pointed you out to them and they caught up with you and like the to me it's so crazy there's been all of this effort done to catch you and it was two beat cops it, well, it was one tenant who saw yeah. something and was like, this ain't fucking right. Oh, let me go check on the old lady because I'm a decent human fucking being. Yeah. And then he goes in there and checks on her and he's like, oh shit, it's probably that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's probably Giganta, the fucking... Yep. I'd be afraid to say something to give you the fucking rock bottom right there in the middle <laughs> of the street or some shit. Uh, oh. Now for the reveal. Although true crime fans probably have already figured this one out. Your name is Juana Barreras. Okay. Mm-hmm. They go to your home and they find a lot of suspicious items, including objects you took from the homes of your victims. You also have newspaper clippings of the murders and the cases and updates, things like that, which is kind of weird because you're mostly illiterate. Oh. Yeah. As you remember, your mom didn't teach you to read, and you never really learned. Well, fair enough, but so. you gotta have trophies. I guess, yeah. Also, there was a couple shrines to some not-so-respectable saints. I didn't know these were things. Well, one of them I kind of did, um, because of an episode of that show Dark Tourism on mm-hmm. Netflix. If you ever get a chance, fucking watch that. That's All a right. pretty good show. Interesting, at the very least. Morbid. Morbid as fuck. <laughs> I say I know there's specific ones that, like, cartels and stuff like that use. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this includes Jesus Malverde, who is apparently the patron saint of drug dealers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. And, of course, Santa Morita, um, sort of a reverse Virgin Mary, who, while wearing similar robes, is a skeletal female Grim Reaper. And also the patron saint of death dealers. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They had a whole episode dedicated to her on the dark tourism, which is how I knew she existed at all. Okay. Um, and I've seen some artwork and, and things like that. And um, interesting. It's really interesting. I, I think the first time I saw it was the end of, the movie End of Watch. Okay. It's the the two policemen. I haven't uh, seen it. Oh, I, I can't think of the two actors' names. And I, I don't want to guess. I like both of them, though. Yeah. They've been in all kinds of stuff, and I'm terrible at it. But they, like... 
bust into a house on a check on an old lady call mm-hmm. and it's been taken over by these assassins or whatever and they've just got bodies stacked in one room in this dark altar to a, oh, wow. some kind of, you know. Spoiler I, alerts. Yeah, <laughs> my, yeah, my bad. Sorry, on the really old fucking movie. Yeah, don't worry about it. After that, I just like saying it. So. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, for real, uh, that, I think that was the first time I saw anything about it. Yeah. It, it was, on the episode of Dark Tourism they did on it, um, they presented it. Now, I'm not sure if this is accurate because, again, it's TV, and I tend to take all of that with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But they presented it as almost a cult. Yeah. And yeah. that they, like, um, made offerings, you know, in the form of, like, weed and money and, I think, bullets. Okay. You know, things like that. Well, yeah. Fair enough. So. All the things, you know, you value there, I guess, the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what you got to do to survive. I, I understand, you know. If that's your thing, yeah. I mean, one thing humanity is very good at is creating, you know, our own sort of... Religion around something. Yeah. Yep. Or just about anything, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. So, anyway. Your trial is fast without a jury. You confess to killing three at one point, and then one on another. It seems to change back and forth, depending on sources. Eventually, you claim you only killed Reyes. Um, like I said, the stories change. As soon as they find you guilty, in an effort to kind of make themselves look good and be like, hey, look, see, we were close-ish, they prayed you out before you're even actually remanded into custody and pose you next to the bust and the pictures and the sketches. Okay. In order to be like, yeah, see, they kind of look alike, you know? (laughs) We were close the whole time. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. That's basically what it was. An effort to prove they were hot on your trail and that they didn't just get a very lucky break, you know? Yeah, the lucky that one guy thought to do something about it. Yep. You're charged with 16 counts of murder and burgul- burglary. Uh, murder and burglary, like, together. And 11 separate counts of murder. But you're suspected of killing over 48 people. Yeah. You're sentenced to 759 years in jail. As in you should be. Yeah. But hey, prison isn't all bad for you. <laughs> Eventually, you get married to a fellow inmate and report living a relatively happy life behind bars at Santa Martha, a oh, Catilla prison. Un- that's fucking unfortunate. Uh, I know I know it's not right that you should wish that, you know, somebody be incarcerated and suffer. I do understand that. But you strangled a bunch of people's grandmas. It's hard for me to not want you to get a kick in the proverbial balls, as mm-hmm. it were. Like... You deserve that. You strangled people's memos. You don't fucking do like that's. It's just fucking mean. So that's you. Oh jeez, yeah. I look like I strangle old ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm All right. Like yeah. I understand, but they were like this manly lady, uh-huh. <laughs> senior, whatever my name is again. <laughs> yep. Ooh yeah. You like your mask. I mean, look, dude. Their whole thing <laughs> about like, I get it. I get it. Ooh, yeah. The arms, uh, oh yeah. man, she looks like the. She looks like the. Pink Power Ranger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, those are the some of the police sketches and the bust. Uh, yeah. I mean, they didn't do a bad job. That one on the left's the best. Yeah. That one is very far, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the bus is pretty far. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. But it, I think, too, it's important to kind of look at it objectively too because she didn't get much of it in the way of an actual trial um it was a very rushed kind of like i don't know 
a sensational affair. And I think in part by the police to cover up their tracks. I don't know that she's actually responsible for all the murders she claims, or that they claim she is, because you have to remember, too, she did have her partner in crime. Right, who was already on the same track. Yes. And there was, I suppose, some evidence that indicated that it might have been two people at some point. So, so so basically, they were like the dueling banjo joes of the choking the old ladies. Possibly, it's only speculation on my part, though. I I can't confirm or I mean, prove that, anything yeah, I'm yeah. saying. I just feel like it could have been them doing the same thing, and then exactly. And also, you have to remember too. Whenever there's murder sprees, there is always copycats who try to kill people, and then pass it off as, oh, they were just a victim of this serial killer. I didn't kill them, you know? Right. So we also don't know how well any of those were investigated and how well, you know, whether or not there is any actual link. Holy crap. Yeah. So we we can't say that she killed all the people. That's why she was only charged with the few that she was charged, because there was physical evidence yeah, her fingerprints in those right. cases. Right, and I'm sure some of the tokens that she yeah. took and th- certain things like that But were all... still, it was like, what, it was like 27 counts that she was Jesus. charged yeah, with that's of still, murder? Yeah. That's still quite a hefty, that's, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not at all defending her. I'm just saying that... That's choking a grandma to... a day for almost every day in a normal February. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Come on. So... She chokes somebody's grandma every day in February. That is so... Like Valentine's Day. <laughs> and, man, I, I did, like, after seeing that picture of one of the, her victims, it was like, ugh. Like, I can't, I can't imagine, like. To describe it, like, it was like, like somebody had just drawn a line, and from that line up, purple. Yeah. Just purple. Ugh. Like, everything purple. Ugh. And, like, and it was weird, because, like, and some of them, like, from the neck down, body looked normal. Right. But just everything, like, just, like, swollen. I mean, and... she was kind of a beast. Like, yeah. she very, very muscular. Like, very, very st- the strong shoulders and arms. Like, I'm sure if she bared down on anything, like, that's. That's yeah. cartons for you. There's a lot of things that I left out because I, there were so many sources that I went to on this one, and there was a lot of conflicting information, too. Fair enough. So I will be totally and 100% um, honest and upfront about that. Uh, I do advise if anybody is interested in this or, or going to talk about it, do your own research because it's wild. That's why, too, I gave when, when she was sold uh, as 12 or 13 because some of my... My sources said she was 12. Others said she was 13. Um, either way, horrific. So I, I didn't. I felt like at that point you're just splitting hairs. Either way, it's a child and it's awful. So uh, but there's yeah. other things as far as like most say that she didn't know who her father was. There was some that says she didn't know who her father was. And he like was a notorious dog. And he like fathered like 30 something children. And Yeah, fair enough. So it... it I don't know, and some of the the sources that I got the information with, I was questioning, you know, the authenticity of what they were saying because the language they were using was a little sensationalized. And whenever I, I have a source that seems to be a little sensationalized, I, I tend to take it less seriously. Yeah, fair so, enough. 
I, I and the skepticism is probably healthy. Yeah, I pay attention to language cues. Very much. Um, and and so it's one of the things that I kind of felt was important to kind of at least put out there and denote in the in the interest of being upfront and honest with everybody. You know. It just struck me. She looks like the female Jean Claude Van Damme. She does. There you go. She does. Doesn't it? Like the Hispanic like, version of him. Mm, yeah. She's. I mean, real close. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, she then, looks like the Universal Soldierette. <laughs> yeah, some one of them I can't remember what source it was, but somebody um, compared her to like her hair, especially when during her wrestling career, to like a female Dolph Lundgren. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, ouch, <laughs> but hey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong, but that doesn't she mean you're not. She looks like she was a part of the Super Soldier program. Yeah. Big lady, yeah, and only five foot seven, but she's beefy. Yeah, you know. Um, I guess the police reports like trying to be tactful described her as robust. Robust, <laughs> Rubenesque. <laughs> you pulling out all those three syllable words to try uh, to not get hit. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. The case that I found interesting, and you did request last mm-hmm. time to oh, be yeah. a serial killer, oh, yeah. so I delivered. <laughs> I just wasn't going to do it conventionally. So. Yeah, man, <laughs> uh, you know, picking an old lady strangler, that was a hell of a shot. I like it. Uh-huh. Oh, man. To be honest, we put a first. Lo- we put a lot of good things into the world. Mm-hmm. It was time to take some out. You know, remind you <laughs> that there's some fucking monsters out there. Like, yeah. Here are these, here's this really cool guy. Yeah, he beat some dudes to death with a boat oar and did some stuff. You know, Dr. Stapp did some amazing things. Yes. Here's a fucking monster. There yeah. you go. Here's the Meemaw Strangler. Well, I also think At it's least interesting it, it, like because... At 30 Meemaw Strangled here. In her case, especially, comes into that argument of nature versus nurture. You know, you can't tell me though that that if this girl didn't have a healthy upbringing with a mom and a dad and you know decent you know care and all that fun stuff that she wouldn't have, that she wouldn't have had at least a better percentage chance of not turning out to be the Meemaw Strangler. Yeah, L- Los Meemaw Strangler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, to be said, I kind of think it's a little bit of both. You know, because there are a whole lot of people. You know, who are abused, who are hurt, mm-hmm. that don't go that route. No, yeah. Or 100%. that go the opposite no, the, direction and try I to help I think the majority people. of them don't go that way. Yeah. But it's just something of a perfect storm of the two that creates yeah. a serial killer. You know? Yeah, she would, sounded like you, she didn't get through, she got the worst damage that you can get without yeah. dying through your yeah. childhood. Well, and they try to guess, um, they try to say she was a psychopath, but I don't know that I believe that. Um, just because of some of the other the way things she that tried were to said hide about it. her. Yeah. yeah. And um, they there's an interview mm-hmm. of her talking about this mm-hmm. and about her past and the abuse and like why she got so triggered by old ladies, especially ones that presented cruelty. You know, and you got to remember, she did rob people. She robbed old ladies for a long time yeah. without killing them. Oh man, 
She's so glad she didn't so, live in the age of Karens. Oh, oh man. There'd be a video uh, every other day of her just running up online to be like, could you please get out of my... Oh, my God. <laughs> the record, we don't advocate strangling Karens, so... No, but if I saw it on a video, I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I hope somebody got in trouble for something. But like, like, oh. you know, uh, the one, the one where the the Karen is like the the kids trying to sell candy bars next to a whatever store. Oh yeah. Uh, and the guy yeah. comes up and buys them all. And she, no, I would. Somebody's just some psycho needs to walk out of that store. Just <laughs> about the kid and his candy <laughs> there is a really funny video and i don't know what it's <sighs> by i think it might be college humor but it's like an ongoing series of videos of karen's versus the managers and it's oh, yeah. hilarious <laughs> it is so freaking funny and i don't people know who, probably people in dirt i don't know i don't know who the actress is they got to play like the super karen but she is brilliant she is hilarious <laughs> i absolutely adore her because she is so just spot on in the most beautiful way it's like the the the, the lady that got to play umbridge in uh, harry Potter. oh god yes you, you hate her like you hate joffrey yes but you admire the performance yeah, no, no, no. You, because yep. oh my god yeah, no, no, you to, to get that believable of a performance and to mm -hmm. to know like man like, you, you see him and you're just like, oh, I have a hard time not hating that character just on your uh, face. <laughs> so Scott and I like to watch, like, the extras and behind the scenes stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember at some point, um, like, during the first episode that that kid was in playing Joffrey, uh -huh. the next day George Martin called him and goes, how does it feel to be the most hated character ever? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are officially, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Or at some point, I, I might be wrong on the one. timeline on that, but that's the gist of the story, and I think that's hilarious. And apparently, he's like, I don't know why this seems to be the case, but every person that seems really good at playing awful villains mm -hmm. is a very sweet person in real life. Oh yeah, there's a an actor we like who's been in uh, a couple of different shows we watch and some movies, mm -hmm. and he almost always plays a bad guy. Yeah. But, like, in real life, he's a dad with who goes to the PTA. And he's like, I always just get, like, picked for these super dark bad guy villainy roles. Yeah. He's like, but I swear I take cookies to PTA meetings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I heard that, like, the lady who played Umbridge was supposed to be a very sweet person in real oh, life. Yeah. The person who played Joffrey, of course. And then the person who played, um, oh, God. Ramsey Bolton. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's supposed to be a really sweet person. Oh, too. man, I would hope so. Oh, so, God. He couldn't be that kind of a douche. Uh, I'd be a douche in real life. I just can't. Uh. I had, like, I couldn't watch episodes with him in it sometimes. Yeah. He, it would, like, start getting to a point and I would just get up and leave. That smile in those it. eyes. Like, oh, he's he was so evil. So creepy. Yeah. But then you see him, like, in, like, videos online of, like, him on the street signing things for fans and being personable. And it's, like, none of that creepiness is there. Fair. And I'm, like, okay, that's just a testament to how good he is utilizing presence. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, you look look at the... His he, body language. And look at Heath Ledger and the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. 
good performances, I think, are so vastly underrated sometimes. Yeah. I, I don't think people, well, like, really wanted. sit down to think about them. Like, I'm not talking about critics, but I'm, thinking, I'm talking about, like, the general public. I don't think really understands sometimes. Like, there are some great performances and some really bad films, too, you know? So, it's just one of those things that, like, I don't know. When you see a really great performance, even if it's in a shitty film, I still feel like it deserves recognition for that. Oh, I agree, yeah. So, but yeah, this is just my take on that. Fair enough. (laughs) So, uh, we can add that to my list of achievements now i'm a like a warrior doctor serial killer memo strangler at this point <laughs> doing the, I, I i mean like memo strangler I love it. it's, it's, that's what that she phrase is. shouldn't bring me that much joy that's Tom. What she is she's a memo strangler you can't You're right. she's a fucking monster <laughs> oh god if we have merch we're gonna put that on a shirt man <laughs> don't be a memo strangler <laughs> Down with the Mimo Stranglers. <laughs> Yo, no, you gotta like check it out. Just like check on your local old lady. Down with the Mimo exactly. Stranglers. Like that's how she was busted. Somebody gave a shit about Mimo, and there you go. <sighs> oh, God. But yeah, so that's the episode today. I hope you were at least entertained. Oh, yeah. No, it was a shifting gears. Like I said, we, uh, we, had to, we were too light. We had to get back. We had to get our wicked edge and yeah. go right back to the meme all straggling. I know. Dr. Staff was maybe just a little too wholesome. I'm telling you. I just, <laughs> it, we, needed to, we needed our, our flavor back. A little, oh, little spice. A little, little picante, if you will. Stop taking my gummies. <laughs> Hey, look, dude, if they <laughs> sit there, <laughs> if they sit there. I'm talking. I don't care. <laughs> Taking the other one, moving it over here. You move it. Go ahead. <laughs> I ate the rest. <laughs> oh lord! If this isn't the most sibling argument we've ever had, this is not. Stop the, taking my gummy bears. This Tom. is not the first time we've argued about candy, and it will not be the it last. It will not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna still refuse to care. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us once again. Thank you to any new listeners. Thank you to any returning listeners. Thank you to the Paranormal Podcasting community for your continued support. And uh, just overall, um, we're really happy. We've been seeing some growth in the podcast lately, and that's really nice. We don't need it. We don't do it for those reasons. But I I, I do like to see that we connect with people, you yeah. know, on some level. Um, and hopefully we get to keep sharing these with you, and hopefully you guys keep listening. So... Thank you so much. Once more, we appreciate you. We love you all. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for joining us on the Wicked Side. Hey, watch out for your local memos. Bye, guys. (laughs) We'll see you on the other side.